As we welcome in A.J. Jakubik from TSN 1200 in Ottawa to the Mighty Mighty Sports 1440. Good morning, A.J. Morning, Kevin. How are you? Well, just doing outstanding out here. What about yourself? Top drawer. Top? It's actually, you know what? I've gone from counting down the amount of games left in the Senator season, 47 <laughs> games, 46 games, 45 games, to actually like looking forward to watching this team play. What? It's amazing what one week of hockey uh, has done here, and Shane Pinto's return, and they had a mom's trip, and uh, they're starting to look like a hockey team again. And Yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be playoff hockey here mm-hmm. in Ottawa for the seventh season in a row, but at least for the last week they've been entertaining to watch. I guess the question then, AJ, why is it taking so long? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, poor starts again. They, they started poorly the last four years, and, and, and that's, that was the focus this year under DJ Smith. It, it was, okay, can this team start well? Because they finished well under him the last few seasons. But uh, they were 4-15-1 and one out of the gate a couple of seasons ago. Uh, last year wasn't very good either. They were 6-12-1, and, and, and I think there was a lot of surprise uh, amongst not just the fan base, but many media members that at 6-12-1, and one, he was able to keep going last year. But they finished strong. Uh, they, they got to the trade deadline where it felt like they are right in the mix for a playoff spot. Then they went out west, uh, won, lost four or five, and it was, okay, they're, at, they're out again. And, and this year, uh, you know, they started 10-10, and 10, but then they went out west again. And I don't know what it is about uh, the west for the hockey team, but... Uh, two 0-5 road trips where they didn't even get a loser point, uh, basically sunk their season. So, uh, yeah, and then they had a coaching change, and, and it didn't, uh, you know, unlike Edmonton and other places, uh, there was no new coach bump. Uh, but now it feels like, you know, Jacques Martin has been trying to instill a 200-foot game and, and, and better defensive structure in this group. And it didn't really stick early on, but right now it finally looks like they're learning some of those lessons, and uh, uh, they've probably been beating themselves up a lot. And I, I truly think that Shane Pinto's return, not just what he brings on the ice, and slotting is so important with this team up the middle. Uh, now you've got three pretty good lines, a third line that includes Pinto, Joseph, and Tarasenko, whereas it, it seemed like they had two fourth lines uh, uh, when, when he was out of the lineup. But, uh, but he's brought... Just what he's brought to the room, you can tell, like his first interview back, here's a guy who was suspended 41 games because mm-hmm. of gambling, and he, he, just a breath of fresh air listening to him, talking about how he learned from his mistake and how happy he is just to be playing hockey again. And, and I think when you bring someone like that into a room full of guys that are probably hanging their heads, I think they realize that, you know what, can't be feeling sorry for myself. Here's Shane Pinto. He's not feeling sorry for himself, and, and I think – of that energy is permeated throughout the room. So it's one week and four games, but it just feels like a completely different team. And I, I truly think, like, I don't think they're making a playoff. There, there's no way. There's just too much ground to make up. Yeah. But I truly think they're going to win a lot of games in the second half of the season. AJ Jakubik, TSN 1200, our guest on uh, Sports 1440. And, you know, AJ, I just loved uh, what Jacob Chikrin was talking about on Tuesday 
His name has been bandied about in trade rumors for a long time, and now in the next month or so, it's going to even ramp up even more. And maybe he's trying to put out some fires. But what did you make of his comments on Tuesday? Just the fact that he thinks it's totally ridiculous that his name is even being out there. I think it's genuine for sure. I, I think this is a player that, unlike Alex DeBrinket, when they traded for him, I, I think he actually does want to be in Ottawa, and is. His father, Jeff, uh, uh, grew up here, and, and there's still family here. His grandfather's here. His sister moved here, even though, uh, you know, they all grew up in, in Florida uh, from Jeff Chitman's playing days. So I, I think he wants to be here, but you, you look at the blue line, and right now there's $20 million, uh, on the left side of the blue line right now. And, you know, with Pierre Dorian, a lot of times he was making trades that, weren't really in the best interest of the hockey club. Uh, it was just making trades to, to bring in good hockey players. But, you know, I, I think with Sanderson and Shabbat already here, mm-hmm. the three best defensemen are all on the left side. So in a perfect world, I, I think if you're keeping two, I mean, Jake Sanderson is an absolute no-brainer uh, to, to keep number one. I mean, he's one of the few untouchables on this hockey team. Uh, that that means, okay, what are you doing with, with defenseman number two? And I think Chikrin would certainly bring more back in a trade. He's got a year and a half left on his contract right now. It's reasonable, yeah. under $5 million. So there's a lot of teams that can say, okay, for a rental, much like Edmonton with Matias Ekholm when they traded for him, and of course uh, he's extended, and, and, and that's been a real good trade for them. I think teams can look at Chikrin and say, okay, well, we can get two playoff runs out of him, at a very reasonable rate, he is not a four and a half million dollar defenseman. He's a guy that I think is going to command probably between six and seven million on his next deal. So that that's the conundrum that I think management is in right now, mm-hmm. um, because I, I just don't think you're going to get the same type of return for Thomas Shabbat. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. This is a blue line that, again, it, it just doesn't fit. Shabbat and Shikran have played together. Uh, two left side defensemen, and, and and it hasn't really worked. Even though in the last couple of games, it, it's been a little bit better. So, kind of square peg and round hole. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm sure if Ottawa trades Jacob Chikrin, especially if he's wanting to re-sign here, uh, they would really have to make out well in, in terms of the return. But it, it's something that they have to listen to because there's no doubt they have to make some changes here and probably balance out. Uh, the blue line a little bit better in terms of left and right. AJ Jakubic uh, with us on Sports 1440. Uh, AJ, former Edmontonian, now in Ottawa. So, you know, AJ, when when the Senators were going very badly at the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about, well, maybe one of the you know the group of five should be broken up, and you know you make a big big splash and try to make one of these guys available in the sense that you know maybe we really really need a big name shakeup. Is that mentality kind of still out there, do you think? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. They've, they've talked, whether it's Steve Stales, whether uh, Dave Poulin, who they brought into the management core, they've talked about just bringing stability to the group. Uh, you know, there was a great interview a couple of weeks ago with Dave Poulin, who was kind of a weekly guest with us <laughs> on our morning show, um, where, where he talked about hopefully the answers here are internal. And so I think they want to give this group as much 
rope as possible to to say, okay, you know what, maybe the answers are within this group. I, I think there's a handful of players that are certainly untouchable. It's Brady Kachuk, it's Tim Stutzla, uh, it's Jake Sanderson, and then you kind of go to the next set of uh, of core players. I, I also think there's a couple of young guys in Ridley Gregg and Shane Pinto who, I mean, are they 100% untouchable? Um, probably not, but you'd have to really blow the doors off uh, this team because Greg is such a smart, competitive player that looks like he's going to be an NHLer for a long time. And Shane Pinto is exactly what this team needs, especially up the middle. A little more size, rangy, a guy who scored 20 goals in this league but plays a smart, responsible 200-foot game that he learned at the University of North Dakota. So I, I just don't see any of those guys yeah. being moved. So that, that leads to the next kind of outer rim. Guys like Jacob Chikrin, Thomas Shabbat, uh, Drake Batherson, Josh Norris. Um, you know, I think Norris and Shabbat would be your best bets to be moved, but they also have big contracts that yeah. you're probably not getting back as much as you would in a trade for somebody else, like a Jacob Chikrin, for example, even though, you know, I hope they, they sign this guy long-term. So, yeah, it, it's uh, it's an interesting conundrum that this team has because uh, it, it's like anything. To, to get what you want in a trade, you're going to have to give up a little bit more. And so you might have to give up a player that uh, you don't really want to if you want to take the next step. But I do think there's a lot of good pieces here still. They send out the prospect pool, which is unfortunate. I mean, that's what happens when you trade away your first-round pick a couple of years in a row uh, and you don't make the playoffs. Uh, you, you've made some moves to bring in Alex Debrinkit and Jacob Chikrin. The Debrinkit trade did not work out. The Chikrin trade, uh, we'll wait and see. I think a lot of that depends on if they do sign them long-term. But uh, in the meantime, I think for the here and now, uh, beyond the UFAs, and you've got Tarasenko, who's played pretty well for this team, Kubalik, who uh, hasn't really seemed to fit. I, I just don't know what they're going to do between now and the end of the season. I, I think that's probably more of an off-season move to, to really restructure this group. So that, that leads this group to have, a, again, a couple of good months. If they have a couple of good months, then maybe, maybe they kind of, turn their attention to, to keeping this group together and, yeah. and saying, okay, we do truly believe this team has turned the corner. They've learned how to play defense. They've learned how to play structural hockey. And maybe next year is the year that this team can truly make a push for the playoffs in the East. AJ Jacobin with us, uh, Sports 1440, AJ out in Ottawa, TSN 1200. Uh, AJ, with Claude Giroux coming in, what would you say, how would you say, how would you describe his play and the leadership that he's kind of offered this team and he's basically been a point to game guy this year yeah he's been fantastic since he arrived and, and a guy that uh like he, he grew up in hearst ontario but his family moved here in his early teens and so he, he's called ottawa home in the off seasons ever since and, and certainly played uh some of his later minor hockey in ottawa as well and uh he's he's been worth every penny of what they've paid him and and then some because he has produced on the ice but uh, I think what he's brought from a leadership standpoint, you just listen to him through the tough times. And, and I, I think that's the biggest problem of what we saw early on this year is when they were down in the dumps, they, they had guys that couldn't get uh, out of the doldrums. And, and with Claude Giroux, he just brought it each and every night, whether the team was playing well or not. And, and that's a true pro. That's someone that's been around that, that you know, I, I think you, you want players who's okay. 
yeah, it's great if if your A game is is phenomenal and you can look like a superstar that night. But if you're not bringing it, you don't want your F game. You you want someone who's going to bring a C game that, that's still going to bring something. And and and, and that bottom end it isn't going to be widely variant from what you get at the top end from a player. And I think that's what they've had from Claude Giroux. I mean, he's late 30s here and and still playing like a guy that uh, is in his prime, which is incredible to see. So. Yeah, I, I think he's got another year on his contract. Um, from, from an Ottawa perspective, you'd love to see mm-hmm. them be in a spot next year where they take a jump, kind of like New Jersey did last year. Uh, and, and they're a playoff team because, you know, this is a guy that came here, yes, he came here to come home, but he also believed that this team was ready to win. And, you know, it hasn't happened yet. So uh, hopefully for him and, and for the Ottawa Senators, uh, they can at least provide him with a pretty good playoff run next year. And um, he certainly looks like a guy kind of like Joel Pavelski yeah. in Dallas that uh, he's not falling off a cliff anytime uh, soon when it comes to his play. One more for you on the Senators, AJ, just uh, in the sense, is everything kind of settled off the ice? I mean, you did mention Dave Poole, and he's kind of, I guess you would call him Steve Steos' right-hand man, new coach, but is there going to be another coach for next year? Where are we at with Jacques Martin and kind of everything away from on the ice, uh, you know, moves and, and things like that going forward here? Well, my God, I hope so. Uh, some of the stuff <laughs> we've seen really over the last few years, I mean, uh, certainly extending into Eugene Melnick's era, I think that's been a big problem here. There's been too many fires, and you know, some of the fires you couldn't have predicted this year, like the 41-game suspension to Shane Pinto, but, you know, the the situation surrounding the Dadnov trade and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they lost a first-round pick there, which led to the firing of general manager Pierre Dorian. Um, and, and, yeah, just, just having the fans. And, and you know what it's like in Edmonton as well. It, you know, when things aren't going well in a Canadian market, it's just amplified. And, you know, things weren't going well early in the season, and you had – uh, the fans, so not all of them, but but certainly a, a vocal minority of them at at Sens games chanting "Fire DJ," and that prompted uh, you know Coach Rue and Brady Chuck to fire off a little bit back. So I, I think uh, I think it's calmed. I think the worst is over. I think rock bottom has been hit, and now they can just you know slowly look to put their stamp on their team from Michael Anlauer, uh to Steve Stales and Dave Poulin on down in terms of. The head coach, I think Jacques Martin and Daniel Alfredson have done a pretty good job, even though the record hasn't shown it so far. But you can start to see this team is playing their best structured hockey in a long, long time uh, under this group. And so, like I said, I I suspect they're going to win a lot more games than they lose between now and the end of the season, which only is really going to affect draft position. Uh, so what do they do going forward? I, I just don't know if Jacques Martin wants to do this full-time. He was hired here to be a senior advisor, and when things went south with the coaching staff, they, they, they made the move behind the bench with him, but he's seven, 71 years old, and, you know, it's, it's a grind, the NHL mm-hmm. season. Uh, he's really the oldest coach in NHL history because Scotty Bowman, sorry, when uh, Scotty Bowman didn't coach this late in his career, and Al Arbor did, but that was, a very short time period. So uh, towards the end and, and almost symbolic to, to get him some games to, yeah. to, to get a milestone. So I, I just don't know that's a long-term solution unless he wants to. Uh, and this team really uh, rolls 
in, in the second half of the season. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look at possible names and you look at a couple of names. Uh, I mean, Patrick Wall was certainly one that was brought up here uh, for a while, but he's gone to the New York Islanders. Uh, John Gruden's a name that's been brought up. He's coaching the Toronto Marlies. has lots of experience in the NHL as an assistant coach and, and, and coached Hamilton to an OHL title alongside Ann Lauer and Stales. So there's that connection. And then, of course, with Dave Poole, and there's the great Craig Groovy uh, <laughs> name. And, and, you know, those guys played together for a long time in Philadelphia. And, and Groovy, of course, won a Stanley Cup in St. Louis, one of the best candidates, I think, on the market. So... Those are some names that I, I would think they look at in the off season, but in the meantime, I think they want to finish the season with this group. And uh, as long as they uh, keep going from what we've seen the last week, I think that's a smart move. What about Jay Woodcroft? Yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I and I guess Stales would know Woodcroft obviously yeah. from the days in Edmonton, uh, that transition period from Hamilton to Edmonton before he came here, but. Yeah, it's... They might have grabbed him already hard. if they wanted, eh, AJ? Well, and I, I just find it hard. Like, And I know like the win percentage was great, but you know they, they struggled so bad early in the season, and it's clear that they needed a change in terms of... And I don't know if that was... You'd know better than me yeah. if that was... I just think if they if they really wanted him, AJ, they would have grabbed them at yeah. this point of the season, like before they hired and brought back Jack Martin. You know, I, I think they would have done that if they if that was their guy. Yeah, I, I think so, and it probably it just doesn't help. And, and look, we we saw it we saw it last year when you know DeBoer and Bonus and uh, Montgomery and and uh, you had of course Cassidy. I mean, there was a rotating cast of characters uh, amongst coaches, and and all those teams did well. So just because the guy gets fired doesn't mean he's going to be not very good in his next job. But it's just like Edmonton seemed to have everything there. And, you know, they were, they looked as bad as Ottawa to start the season. Mm-hmm. Very similar uh, trajectory. They were probably and, and, worse. Yeah. And with a better roster. <laughs> yes. Like clearly, as we're seeing right now. So I, I just have a hard time thinking that that's where you want to go at the top of your list it's, right now. Yeah. But, um, you know, the win percentage – from his time there, you know, you look at you say, well, this guy probably should get another chance in the NHL at some point. Mm-hmm. Just got to ask you a couple Red Blacks questions while we got AJ yeah. Jackie on the line. A um, couple signings. Uh, they bring back uh, uh, receiver Dominic Rimes and uh, um, Bryce Carter's going to hang around and then Drew Brown. So uh, Red Blacks making a lot of waves here in the last couple of days. Well, it's been, and I don't have to tell you this because it's been very similar in Edmonton, yeah. but, you know, this is a team that needs to win some games this year. Uh, 14 wins in the last four seasons, uh, back-to-back four-win seasons. So this, this team has to find a way to get to, and, you know, no one's going to be planning any parades if you win seven or eight games, but, you know, they have to find a way to get at least to that point where, you know, they're closer to 500, pushing for a playoff spot. Ideally, you'd like to be in the playoffs, uh, and, and you can turn things around quickly in the CFL. We saw that here in Ottawa uh, in 2014. They won two games, and the next year they went to the Great Cup, lost to Edmonton with maybe their best team ever. They won 12 in the regular season. So you can turn it around quickly. I think they've made some some pretty prudent moves. Like There weren't a lot of top-end quarterbacks available in the market. To me, there was two possibilities, and one's going to Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Bethel Thompson, I know not everyone's all that – thrilled about it with uh you know some people thinking that 
he's blocking Trey Ford. I actually think it's a pretty good move for Edmonton to have two quarterbacks. I think you need multiple quarterbacks in this league to succeed, and Edmonton's got two, and Ottawa's got two, and maybe three if Jeremiah Masoli gets uh, back to full health again, which is a big if, given his injuries the last couple of years. But Drew Brown, I mean, he threw nine touchdowns and no interceptions uh, this year in Winnipeg. And every time I watched him play, and I know one of those games was against Edmonton, he looked like a guy that you thought, okay, this guy's ready to make a jump. He's ready to be a starter. So I, I think Ottawa made a good move getting Drew Brown. They still have Dustin Crum, who was thrown into the fire last year and I think has uh, a lot of upside. They needed to improve uh, upon their skill position players. And Dominic Rhymes, to me, at his best, is the number one receiver in this league. And I think, you know, much like on defense, you know, like an Ekholm going to Edmonton, uh, a Shane Pinto up the middle in Ottawa. If you're talking about centers, slotting is so important when you've got that guy who can move in and now you're not playing fourth-line centers uh, as a second-line center. You're not playing a number 7D in, in your top four. And, you know, Ottawa, I'm not sure, had that number one receiver. Jalen Acklin looked like a number one receiver two years ago, but, you know, last year really struggled. And, you know, was that quarterbacking? Was that him? Was that defenses? owning in on him, I don't know, but maybe it was a combination of all of it. But now you've got Rhymes, who's a legitimate big target. You can go stretch the field with him, and and to supplement him, you've got Jalen Acklin. You've got uh, another pretty good uh, receiver uh, in Braylon Addison, uh, who, who started to look healthy again towards the end of last season. So I, I think they've done a pretty good job. Uh, you know, they've brought in a different offensive coordinator as well, and Tommy Condell, and uh, he's highly respected throughout the league. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But it's fine to do well in February, or in, in this case, late January. Uh, they need wins in, in June and July and August and so on and so forth. And uh, uh, certainly a good start to the offseason. We'll see what they do the next couple of weeks. But uh, significant uh, last week for sure for the Red Blacks. Hey, AJ, thanks for your time this morning. When are you making a trip out here for a visit? Oh, that's a great question. Summer for sure. I think July 14th they play the Elks, so I'll be there for that. Yeah. We'll see if I get out uh, again. I always love coming back home. Well, maybe we'll get together for a quick shot in the arm. Yeah, no, I'm always game <laughs> for that. You know that. Thanks, AJ. Take care, man. Cheers, Kevin. That's AJ Jackie TSN 1200.